Playmakers, I am your host, Bogard Scott Free. And with no further delay, I'm going to introduce our special guest host for the evening, or for the morning, or for the nighttime, or the wee hours of, of, of the middle of the night, whatever you listening to this thing. You know what I'm saying? It's my man, the Guru. What's happening, Guru? What's up, Bogard? Hey man, you know what I'm saying? Feeling good to be alive. It's kind of crazy. Like um, I was cutting it kind of close. You know, when I was talking to you a little bit off air, I had went on a supply run because you know, in in the apocalypse, even you know, it, it, yes, it's grocery shopping, but you know, I call I call everything a supply run. You know what I'm saying? And and there's a goddamn uh, high school next to my house. That motherfucker is ablaze. It was on fire. So it was oh like, my yeah, so I'm like, we had to drive, I had to find it, I had to reroute just to get home and like, you know what I'm saying? Now, even in the studio right now, it smells like goddamn, you know, like things on fire. It's crazy. It's, it's a crazy time we're living in, man. But how you doing? Oh, how you doing, Spencer? Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Luckily my evening hadn't been that crazy. You know, it's been a kind of a chill evening. Thankfully yeah. hit the gym this afternoon when had a family meal. So just, uh, <laughs> just kind of chilling right now and just. This is I'm, I'm excited to get into this pod though, so I'm I'm ready for the I'm ready for things to heat up. Not a yeah. not a buildings burned down for they, but definitely definitely heating up with that fantasy knowledge. Oh yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The guru is on fire, playmakers. Alright, well check this out. Check this out, guru. We're gonna go ahead and handle some quick housekeeping. Follow me on IG at Bogard Scott Free World at the GMM Network. Also follow me on Twitter at the GMM Network. And you could uh, find me on rumboys.com. Also, you can find me at Rumboys Fantasy Network on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Be sure to subscribe to the GMM Network and the Rumboys Fantasy Network on YouTube. Shout out to our sponsor, Milk and Honey TX, for all your CBD wellness and all your CBD goodness. Go ahead and visit milkandhoneytx.com. You know what I'm saying? Also, shout out to the Rumboys official sponsor. You know what I'm saying? We really, we really excited to have this sponsor. Shout out to Monkey Knife Fight. Go ahead to monkeyknifefight.com. Enter promo code RUMBOYS, R-U-M-B-O-Y-Z, all capitals, and we'll match your first deposit all the way up to $50. We got DFS action coming through left and right. Sports is coming back. We speaking it into existence. I know this is the apocalypse, but you know what? We're gonna speak, we're gonna preach this positivity and we're gonna and we're gonna hope it help it spread like a wildfire, pun intended. You know what I mean? And um all right. <laughs> also, you know what I'm saying, check us out at rumboys.com, like I said, for all our merch, you know what I'm saying, and all our latest and greatest articles from all our sports journalists. Man, shout out to the whole gang. You know what I mean? Guru, let them know where they can find you. Yeah, man, they can find me at find me in the Guru Nation. 
over at Spencer the Guru. Just rebranded recently. Now at Spencer the Guru on all platforms. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We're on Instagram the most. That's where we've really built up Guru Nation. We're trying to expand to some different platforms this season. But y'all make sure to go check them all out, y'all. At Spencer the Guru. Yeah. We're going to make sure we have all the links in, in this description for all, for all my lazy playmakers. You know, for them just to go ahead and click on it and make sure they can find all that lovely fantasy content. You know, the same content that led me to the guru to lock down this this interview. You know what I'm saying? This feature, whatever you want to call it, this collaboration of the playmakers <laughs> and the guru nation. You know what's my right, right. you know what's my favorite about your shit is when you when you open up your lives and you're like, What up, Guru Nation? I'm like that's oh, yes, like sir. every episode, man, every live feed is Hello, what's up, Guru Nation? Every yeah, time, there it is. It it's always, always high energy. Man. I love that. Always get the people upbeat and get them excited for what's about to come Come for that show. Whether it's a mock draft, a live Q&A, whatever it is, Guru Nation stays hype. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, Playmakers, he's he's one hell of a follow. You know what I'm saying? Be sure to tap in with, tap in with the guy. All right, so check us out, Guru. I want to get my audience a little more familiar with you before we go ahead and dive into these rankings. You know what I'm saying? Because we are we are going to uh, do a little bit of a comparison on some rankings. You know what I mean? I am a madman, a mad scientist, what have you. You know what I'm saying? So I know my, my rankings are a little, they're a little crazy looking. But, you know, <laughs> it'll make for a great conversation because I do have some of my own madman valid points but you know what I'm saying? But I do love your rankings. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there, there you are. You are definitely a trusted source. I, I actually heard you uh, refer refer to that, to your page as one of the trusted sources when you were talking to my man, Justin, from uh, Clock Management. Shout out, to, shout out to Justin. You know, I was watching the mock draft last night and uh, I didn't get to chime in live because I was doing a pod, but I, was, I definitely chimed in um, you know, and, and watched, I actually watched it down there in its entirety, you know, after the fact, you know, after you, know, after you posted up after the fact. And, um, good deal, good yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? I got, you know what I mean? I, I, I respect uh, your craft as, as well as Justin. So, you know, it, it was, it was a no brainer. I was like, I got to check this out. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, you did say you're one of the more trusted sources and I tend to agree because there, there is no fuckery. There's no buffoonery, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, so, so for the playmakers, you know, let them know a little bit about yourself and, and you know where you where you came from, and and uh, and you know just basically how you you started this whole fantasy endeavor. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm actually from. I know you guys are located out west, but uh, yeah. I'm actually located down south in, in South Louisiana. Born and raised in Lafayette, nice. Lafayette, Louisiana, and been living here my whole life. And and just as far as the the fantasy aspect, it just kind of got started for me at a young age. Because growing up, my dad's real big into sports, and so naturally I got into it as well, especially the NFL. And the fantasy was just like a, a way to really make watching the games even better. Like this, you know, made them more entertaining. Oh, yeah. Get to see my favorite players do well, and then, and as far as the league, my first league, I actually started playing fantasy. If y'all believe this? It's six years old. <laughs> my wow! First league. Hey, so you I know what? I believe it. I mean, like. You can't just dub yourself the guru. Like matter of fact, so you know you're Spencer the Guru. Side note, <laughs> side note, my uh, my my co-host for this show, that's one of his nicknames is the Guru, and he's been playing since he was like 15. So you definitely have the years on him. You know what I mean? That's for sure. But you know he he but you know he has about 20 years of experience. Like you know what I mean? And I was like, okay, I I'll give you that because you know there's a lot of gurus out there. But like, bro. 
six years old. Oh, you no wonder. No wonder you're Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, and I'm 22 now. So I've been doing this shoot for like 16 years and playing fantasy. Probably like seriously, at least eight. You know, I mean, by yeah. the time I was, you know, I'm like 14, 15. By then, that's when I started my uh, my guru page on IG was around then. This is oh, going to okay. be year number seven on Instagram for Guru Nation. We started from the ground up, didn't buy any followers, didn't try to cheat, just, just started yeah. with an organic Plus thing. Plus that'll from, fuck up the algorithm. It, it fucks it fucks up your your algorithm if, if you know if, if for all you out there listening, you know do it organically. You know what I mean? Don't don't right. you know don't fake the funk. Don't you know that fake it till you make it. That shit don't apply when it comes to this shit. You know what I mean? Not at all, man. Not at all. Because there's so many people in this industry, so many good analysts that all the fake ones they get exposed sooner rather than oh, later. Yeah. So. Word gets word spreads yeah. quick, you know. The yeah. the real ones, the real ones always prevail in our industry, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, like like <laughs> a counselor. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, speaking oh, of people no. who buy followers, you know what I mean? Because he's and you know this is not even for for me. You know, he was he was exposed by other people that you know that's what that's kind of how he boosted up or bolstered up his. Uh, is following, but you know what? We're not here to bash any other analysts. We're actually here to up analysts. So in this case, we're up. We're bigging up my man right here, the guru. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's been it, like you said, it's been about eight years you've been serious in this, right? You know what right, I mean? right. Yeah. And uh, I overheard, I overheard last night when I was watching uh, your live with with my man Justin. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you had said you you had you uh, had approached YouTube. You had attacked YouTube prior to. You know, really just going full force on the gram? Like you were actually doing your YouTube thing prior to this as well? Uh, YouTube, I, I got going with a couple years ago. I'm planning on getting back into it this season. Last season, I just had a bunch of stuff piled up. It was my senior year at college, and I was working two jobs. So just a whole lot of stuff piled up. Yeah. But actually, this, this, this quarantine stuff actually is a blessing in disguise as far as my page and my brand. I was able to really build it up. Like this all season because I'm no longer working those two jobs. Both of them cut me due to COVID. So in a way, I'm like, all right, you're good riddance with y'all. I'm gonna build my brand up, you know. So I've yeah. just been doing that this summer. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just been the theme, just protecting the brand, building the brand, and it's been a lot of fun, man. I'm really having a great time. I actually feel a lot better doing it like this because I feel like I'm really building something building something great rather than just rather than just working for a company no i i hear you man because i mean um you ever heard of the terminology brainchild like so the guru nation is your brainchild you know it's an idea that comes uh -huh. straight from your brain and like a child like a child you're raising this this idea you know what i mean so you know it, it's it's fun that especially from someone like me from the outside looking in who, who i've actually been following you since i want to say september because um, that's when I made my, my music. My, I mean, uh, that's when I made the GMM Networks page. Because that's like, yeah, gotcha, we, gotcha. we launched like in August. And then, uh, you know, we just haven't, we just been going hard ever since. You know what I mean? And like, mm -hmm. yeah. And then once January came around, I figured I had a season under my belt. And I just started spreading my wings and, and, and you know, like, and, you know, collaborating with fine gentlemen like yourself. You know what I mean? But uh, yes, I, indeed. I definitely agree with you on when it comes to, this COVID shit, man. You know what I mean, like you know, like hey, we're in we're in confinement, and you know when the world hands you lemons, fuck it, we making lemonade. You know what I mean? And 
Oh, you damn right. And you know, my, <laughs> you damn right. We ain't, my, we ain't stopping you know, just because of this crap. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And you know, my lemonade, it may or may not have a little bit of vodka in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit of hurricane. You know what I mean? You know, I feel that. I feel yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so check this out. I got your list and my list right here. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's take a deep dive into these running backs, man. Know let's I mean? do it. Okay, well. You want you want to let, let, let's go sound let's let's go let's go six for six, so go ahead and sound off your go ahead and sound off your your top six at running back right now as it stands. So good man, yeah. As it stands right now, I go with Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Derrick Henry. Okay, so he so we in our top six we're already differing because I go CMC, Saquon. Right then, I will cook. Even with the news that he's gonna hold out, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna, you know, ed- edge my bets. You know what I'm saying? Like because I, I, I really believe that they'll take care of him. They, I mean, Minnesota's pretty good at that. Like organ, like historically that organization. But I, but like, I had to put him above Zeke. Okay, let, actually, let me finish my top six: CMC, Saquon, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott. Then I got my man, the chubby one, Nick Chubb. Then I got, oh, then I got Alvin and the Chipmunks right there, topping All off right. that sixth. So, okay, now I want to explain a little bit. So I, I got Chubb up there because of the fact that Kevin Stefanski's coming over from from Minnesota. You know what I mean? And like, uh-huh. if, if you want to look at Ch- Chubb numbers ver- last year versus Dalvin Cooks, granted. Dalvin Cook played what fourteen games, and he had uh, you know somewhere around twelve hundred yards on the ground. Am I am I getting that right? Twelve. Let's see. Dalvin Cook rushing yards in the regular twenty nineteen season. Yeah, something around that, I believe. Yeah, yeah, eleven thirty five. He had eleven thirty five. Yeah, and then he had another. Would have had more if he'd have played those oh, last games. Oh, for sure. Games. And then he had like five hundred and some change through the air. Right mm-hmm. then, you, then I'm, then Chubb fourteen ninety four. If I remember correctly, you know what it helped if I would have brought that paper down downstairs with me that I wrote these down, right? But anyways, yeah, 14, <laughs> I always keep Pro Football Reference handy. Oh yeah, Pro. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Nick Chubb fourteen ninety four. Yeah, fourteen ninety four. Yeah, That's solid. But yeah. He had a, the, oh the yeah. Catches drops them when Hunt yeah. got inserted. Oh for sure. I mean, he had he was averaging about four targets a game before Hunt came around, then it dropped down to two. So with with the you know with the six games would have been an extra what's that four times six it would have been an extra twenty four targets so maybe he would have got around forty let's go like forty receptions maybe he would have had forty receptions versus the thirty five that he had or thirty six that he had uh-huh. Dalvin yeah, Cook had what fifty two so I, I'm just right, saying right. there's a striking similarity in numbers and like I know a lot of people like and mind you this list I have is kind of it's my, how I'm projecting them to finish. You know what I mean? Not real, not necessarily where I'm going to be drafting them, because I love the fact that people are scared of Hunt for Chubb. So I'm grabbing Chubb at the back of the first, or like you know, even sometimes in that that one-two turnaround. But then he's not going to be there by the time we get towards the year. I think. I think he'll he will creep up into that seventh, eighth, that one eight, one one seven, one eight. Like you know what I mean? But I do say I feel like he'll finish top five, and that's why I have him at that fifth. I have him over your boy Kamara. I know you're a Saints guy. I have him over Kamara just because of the fact that, like, 
there's still, I mean, he is Alvin and the Chipmunks, right? So there is, <laughs> there's still a Chipmunk there. There's, he still got, he still got another ma- band member, and, and that is Latavius Murray. You know what I'm saying? Granted, you know Alvin Kamara gets more more red zone looks, but I really do feel that with Emmanuel Sanders there, he is gonna take some of that shorter a dot away as far as targets go. Because you know I am talking PPR. We we only right, right. we only strictly talk PPR here, right? But so let me ask you: You think I'm crazy pulling up Chubb this high? Because I can look at Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook last season, and Madison, and I, and I can relate that to Chubb and Hunt now with Stefanski, right? And and Alexander Madison, he averaged about eight to ten touches a game, and it never negatively affected Dalvin Cook. So, you know what I mean? Give me give me some Nick Chubb. Especially if I'm going to get him in the back of the first or early second. You know what I mean? I got you. I got you. I, de- I definitely think the Hunt will play a lot more of a role for the Browns and Madison played for the Vikings. Just because okay. Madison was a rookie and didn't have the receiving chops like Hunt. I mean, Hunt is showing he can play the third down role really well. And they already came out and said they want to get him more involved this year. And I like Chubb. I mean, he's my eighth-ranked running back. I'm not hating on him by any means. I just couldn't take him top five, and I don't think he'll finish top five just because even with the Stefanski offense, I feel like Hunt's just going to be a – he's going to cap his upside, I feel like, enough to where I wouldn't feel comfortable drafting him above guys like Kamara or even Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs. Okay. See, this is why I brought you on because, you know what I'm saying, Cause now you make me reconsider some of my madness. This is this actually makes me better. You know what I mean? This makes me better. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, you know what else? You know what else is hard for me personally, Guru, is like when I'm really big on a player, like you know, coming out of college, and I was correct. I was like, yo, I, I knew he was gonna be a beast. And then like when you when you do things like bring in Jack Conklin, you know what I'm saying? When you when you do things when you do things like draft, you know, Jedrick Wills. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, these are athletic, these are athletic linemen to fit that zone run scheme that they're gonna push. You know what I mean? They're gonna push a heavy right. zone run scheme over there in Cleveland now. And like, that's probably why I even dropped Henry out of that top six, because with the absence of Conklin, I'm kind of I'm fearful for him. You know what I mean? Especially being a guy who doesn't necessarily catch the ball. I mean, he's great at like screens. And, and, and little dump offs, and you know, you get him in open space. Derrick Henry could take it to the house. We've seen this, but like as far as route running, you know what I mean? He he's not he doesn't run routes. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. He's not a receiver. I just <laughs> I yeah, feel like just, oh, with, uh, with with Hunt there, like Chubb, Henry and Chubb as receivers probably won't be all that different this year. And I feel better about Henry as a runner just because he's so just you know he's that he's a bulldozer out there. Chubb's really good too. I just I feel like with Henry though at Tennessee, they're gonna just run it down people's throats and there's and there's no one else there. It's just Henry and a rookie. Like it's about yeah. it's kinda like Cook and Madison. Like there's really no no veteran threat to take target. So I mean touches away from Derrick Henry. Touche. Touche. Okay, so let's go ahead. Hit me off with your next six. Alright, then the six after Henry. Yeah, because I name my top six. Alright. Uh, yeah, that seventh, the guy I really like, Josh Jacobs. I'm all in on Jacobs this year. I feel like a lot of people in the industry are sleeping on him. And then after him, I have Nick Chubb at 8, Aaron Jones at 9, Austin Eckler at 10, Leonard Fournette at 11, and Kenyon Drake at 12. Okay, so we definitely differ all the way, except for I do got Jacobs here with you at 7. And then I go my man, Sir Joe Mix-a-Lot. You know what I mean? Because... 
I mean, like, bro, like, with, with, uh, what's his name, man? What's their head coach's name? Is Taylor? Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Yeah, Zach yeah. Taylor. <laughs> I could remember when he was the OC for Sean McVay with Todd Gurley and the, the type of usage. I and mean, we finally started to see that usage, you know, towards the end of the year when it was too late. You know what I mean? And I feel like. Right. And, they, you know, they, they got some pieces coming back on that line. They got a rookie. They got a rookie they drafted last year coming back. They got Cordy Glenn coming back. That line's going to be a little healthier. And even just a little more healthier, I think, would help Mixon. Just because of the fact that Mixon was able to do all that behind this type of line, you know, last season. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Mixon has a bad taste in my mouth because he was my guy last season. I was all in on Mixon. I took him in the first round in some industry experts drafts. And, man, that came back to bite me. So, this year, I'm pretty down on him. He's my RB13. But the more I think about it. I think he might exceed that just because, like, the situations around him is better, but I don't think it's quite better enough for him to be worth a first-round pick this yeah. year. Well, mind you, like I said, the way I have these guys ordered are how I have them projected to finish. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, you know what I'm saying? Because, honestly, if, if, if I'm drafting Chubb or Mixon in this sense, you know what I mean? They're not – like, how about this? Even in the first round – if, like, Michael Thomas is there at seventh overall, because people are going running back crazy. I mean, look at your draft last night. 16 running backs came off the board before. Oh, yeah, that was wild, man. Yeah, it really was. And you were able to kill it with Julio and Godwin in the third. Yeah. And it's like, if I can go ahead and get someone like, you know, Thomas in the, in the back of the second, or in the back, back of the second, back of the first, I would definitely grab him before I grabbed any of the, you know any Nick Chubb or Mixon, you know what I mean? Or Derek Henry, for that matter, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, so yeah, I agree. So I got Jacobs, Mixon, my man Austin Powers, then I got Derrick Henry, then I got my man Leonard Fournette, and then I got Miles Sanders. Mind you, these are this is how I feel they're gonna finish. Cause you know what I'm saying? Like, look at look at Sanders is going in the second round because because of his hype. Leonard Fournette's going in the third round because of his you know the opposite of hype. But right. <laughs> if 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 these guys can stay healthy. I feel like Leonard Fournette is going to finish in the top 12. You know what I mean? I feel like Sanders Yeah, will. I agree. I'm feeling good about Fournette. I don't know why everyone's panicking about him. I mean, he could end up being a steal in a lot of drafts. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? Even back of the third, I've seen him. I've seen right. the disrespect go all the way to, like, early fourth. Oh, and my it, God. And it's, just, it's, it's <laughs> That ridiculous. is outrageous in my book. Yeah, people are seriously starting to draft guys like Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley over him. That's going to be like, come on, y'all. What are y'all doing? And that's just <laughs> madness. And, you know, I know it takes one to know one. I am a madman. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's let's go ahead and move on to, the, to, to your next six. What you got here? All right. Yeah, and speaking of guys, like as far as where they'll finish, I have to – have this guy 14th, but I definitely think he could crack the top 12. And that's, uh, I think he'll finish top 12. That's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'm all in on Clyde this year. Oh, and yeah. So you, does, you mean the Fresh Prince of Hilaire? Oh, yeah, man. I'm all in, baby. I think he's, he's going to be more than just a prince. I think he could get the king status as a rookie, getting that thousand yard club, catch 50 plus balls, and be an RB1. Man, I love him this hey, year. So, you know, it's hard to argue that. To be honest with you, right? It's so yeah, perfect it's, offense too. I mean, they come yeah. the, the Kansas City Chiefs. You couldn't ask for a better situation. Like, <laughs> like if I, like, you know, matter of fact, I actually argued to put him. So actually, did you? Did I cut you off? Did you finish off that six right there? Yeah, my yeah, yeah, my six. Yeah, thirteenth Mixon, fourteenth Clyde, fifteenth Miles Sanders, sixteenth Chris Carson, seventeenth Melvin Gordon, eighteenth Todd Gurley. Okay, 
So I, I'll go ahead and sound mine off. So this is where I got Drake, right? Then I go ahead with uh, Chris Carson. Then I got Clyde. But I argued to put Clyde over Drake. I just worry about Clyde having to share initially with Damian Williams. And like, you know what I'm saying? Or even, I mean, they even brought in DeAndre Washington from the Raiders. And we seen last year, uncharacteristically of Andy Reid, he was pushing a, a committee. You know what I mean? And that was crazy because it actually worked for them. So I feel like they might go back to that. And then, and then you know, a lot of people, they try to compare Clyde to Hunt. Like, situation-wise. Not not player-wise, not skill-wise, but situationally where, there, you know, people have told me, well, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a first-round pick. Goddamn, uh, Kareem Hunt was a third round, and he got the start. But it was like, when Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt got the start, you got to remember, Spencer Ware towards MCL. In week three of the preseason. So he was thrusted into that role. As long as Damian Williams is healthy, he's going to get a crack at it first. But you can, it's almost a safe bet to bank on Damian Williams going down at one point or not. You know what I mean? Right, and I'm also banking on Andy Reid betting on talent and going with the more talented guy than Clyde Edwards E. Lair. I feel like Reid's the kind of coach, he's a smart coach. He, he goes with the personnel he's got. If he's got a committee-type personnel, two or three mediocre backs are on point. a committee. But if he's got an elite talent, like you know, like with the like he had in Philly, Brian Westbrook, LaShawn McCoy, I, and with the I Chiefs, love that Jamal, comparison. Charles Kareem Hunt, he's going to run his, his workhorse. That's his, an elite talent. Yeah. Okay, so I'll finish up. So I got Drake, Chris Carson, because, you know, I feel like anybody in – and he's the most healthiest in anybody coming in there. You know what I mean? Because Chris, I'm still a Chris Carson truther in this sense. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like Carson's a nice RB two. He's my RB sixteen. He's another one. I don't think people should panic about. Yeah. And then I got Clyde. Then I got. Then I got Melvin Gordon because I actually love Pat Shermer's system when it comes to his running backs. You know what I'm saying? Plus they they love to. I mean, I'm not going to compare Melvin Gordon to Saquon Barkley, but I mean we've seen what Pat Shermer does when he has a workhorse type at least. Because Melvin Gordon is a workhorse type. You know what I mean? Right, right. I think Gordon will be just fine. A lot of people are off his bandwagon, but I think he'll be just fine in Denver. And then this is where I get a little crazy. I got DJ right here, David Johnson. And I got him up here. I got him up here because I believe he's he's better than Lamar Miller. He's better than um, Carlos Hyde. And Carlos Hyde last year, in the same offense, he had 1,000 yards. So it's like, you know what I mean? And they're definitely going to throw the ball to DJ. They don't, you know, no one would use... Would, no one in their right mind would use Carlos Hyde in that fashion because he's like one of the he's one of the lowest rated pass catching running backs. Like I think his average yards after the catch is like negative something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like for real, for real. And then yeah, I man. then yeah. I close this I, uh... I close this setup with my man Monty Burns because I I feel a lot of people and I love I love that the fact that Monty Burns is like a fifth and sixth or sixth rounder because I feel like he'll finish in the top twenty four. You know what I'm saying? And that's Monty Burns, if you don't know, my, my bad, that's my nickname for him. But David Montgomery. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, yeah, I figured. <laughs> yeah, and like, because even even in the year, last year there was too much hype. There was too many analysts, right, right. too many respected analysts that were, you know, driving the ADP up. And then, you know, we were basically drafting him at, you know, what would have been his ceiling. But he didn't, even, he didn't even reach that. You know what I mean? But having, you know, damn near 1,100 total yards, you know, that's, you know, that's nothing to sneeze at, especially having a coach that was kind of fucking around most of the time, not really giving him a full workload. You know what I mean? And it's like, I feel like 
He's, you know, especially when you bring in John Filippo. You bring in someone like John Filippo. you know what I'm saying, who loves to emphasize the run. Look what he did with Leonard Fournette last year. And when John right, yeah, I think that's a good deal. Yeah, Montgomery's at a is someone I like in the mid rounds. I actually made a post on him last week or a week before. I, I think I might have seen really that. good value. Yeah, yeah, because he's somebody that's going to fall through the cracks. He's a perfect perfect example of a post hype guy. I mean, he got so much hype last year. His hype trains cooled off. So yeah, I, I could see myself owning some money shares this year for sure. And I'd love him as a flex, but hey, I, I could live with him as my RB too, especially if I. They like I did last night and grabbed a pair of receivers early on. Oh, I did fuck up, though. I forgot to say, Sanders was supposed to be atop of this one. Because remember, you had noticed, you're like, what'd you do with Aaron Jones? Aaron oh, Jones, yeah, yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, Aaron Jones was supposed to be <laughs> slotted. He was supposed to be slotted behind one um, Leonard Fournette, Fournette, I believe. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the amount of touches that Aaron Jones had, in in a, you know a Matt Lafleur system, which is essentially like a Kyle Shanahan system, but like you know they they brought in a guy to be essentially their bruiser. Like you know they brought in AJ Dillon, who actually comps to Derrick Henry, and you know we've seen what he we seen what Matt Lafleur did with Derrick Henry when he was there in Tennessee. So like I'm kind of scared for it, but I do love that this like everything I just said. I love that because it pushes Aaron Jones down in that third round. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, he's actually a pretty good value in a lot of drafts. Although his value hasn't dropped too much in a lot of them, I do. He's still like an early second rounder, which yeah. I can see because I think Dylan will mainly this will be kind of a redshirt year for Dylan because Jones is in a contract year, and I have a feeling they're going to let Jones walk and then get let Dylan take the reins next season. Yeah. Okay, so go go ahead and hit me off with your next. With your uh, are we? This is going to bring us yeah, up to nineteen 24. to twenty four yeah. would be next. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll go. Devin Singletary will start off at nineteen, and we've got DJ at twenty, DeAndre Swift at twenty one, one of my favorites, David Montgomery at twenty two, Mark Ingram at twenty three, and James Conner at twenty four. I love that you threw James Conner in there. You know what I mean? I I love mm-hmm. it. Like, yeah, I have to give him some respect. He's not one of my favorites, but he uh, I think he could still be an RB2 this year since he's going to be their workhorse as long as he's when, during when he's healthy. Yeah. I don't think he'll stay healthy, but when he is healthy, he'll he'll get a lot of work. <laughs> I, I just want the one thing I do worry about is not, I mean, obviously the health, but, and, and I do also love that, that, that Coach T came out and was like, you know, when he's healthy, he's our featured guy. You know what I mean? So they have the confidence in him. You know what I mean? He's also he also right. has a hell of a backstory. Love it. You know, hometown kid. You know what I'm saying? He, uh, you know, he he's a fighter all his life. You know what I mean? He beat a he beat a terminal illness. You I mean you know I love the story. I, right, the right. one thing that worries me more than any any you know any the injuries or anything is you know losing some of those key pieces on their line, whether it was to retirement or free agency, because they historically have a top five line. In, in every metric and like this last season we see it step back you know what i mean right and, right and then like you know now we're losing some of those guys you know going into this season i you know it, it just raises some concerns i still have them in my top 30 but but you know okay hold on let me oh shit i hold on, let me pull my list back up okay <laughs> where are we at okay where i'm at this is where now this is where i enter I answer uh, some of the guys that like I was arguing with myself the most to squeeze in. That's why I sent you a couple guys extra so I could preference this. You know what I'm saying? So this is where I enter Todd Gurley because you know obviously he has the arthritic 
knees and whatnot. But I mean, and, and being in a dirt cutter system that's you know historically passed first, but but that line is way better than it is, you know, than 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 Todd Gurley had in this past season in L.A. And also, you couple that with the fact that he's probably gonna see six men boxes religiously, just like how a Clyde Edwards Hilaire will. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, look at who he's gonna have up top: Julio Jones, and then Calvin Ridley, who I'm calling, right, right. who I'm calling Coolio. So you got Julio and Coolio, right? And then yeah, that's a you, lethal duo. Dude. Yeah, and then and then you got my man Hayden Hurst Helmsley. You know what I'm saying? Who who's actually yeah, he could break out. Yeah, I mean like that that system, the dirt cutter system, shines when it comes to the TEs. So, and I, I, we'll get to that when we cover TEs. But I mean, Tug, it's an offense that's going to be able to move the ball, and so he's going to get a lot of goal line opportunities. You know what I mean? So that's why I have him creeping up so high. But he's he's definitely someone I'm probably not going to have any shares of. You know what I mean? Same. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah like the arthritic knees. I uh, I'm staying away unless he slipped to like round four. But the problem is with people wanting to take running backs, so he's normally a third rounder. So at that current yeah, third round crazy. price, I'm I'm fading. You know, I mean, he'll do. He's kind of like Connor. He's like a, uh, you know, like he's similar to Connor. And I think he'll be fine when healthy, but I don't trust his health. I have a feeling he's going to be banged up over half the year. And if I just, I don't like investing a high pick on a player that I feel is that injury prone. So I'm going to yeah. stay away. <laughs> and then, so here's here's where here's where my second rookie comes into play. And it, and it's actually I am and I argue with myself with Swift too because Swift. I, I, you know, I'm not worried about carry on Johnson. Pun intended. I think carry on. Yeah, I'm not gonna, either. He's gonna have to carry on. You know what I mean? And like, yes, I agree, man. He needs. He's gonna have to hit the bricks. Yeah. Lift <laughs> the guy there. Yeah. And, and but see, but I still am putting Keyshawn Vaughn ahead of him because I think Keyshawn oh, Vaughn. That's a hot take. <laughs> I think he'll be a day one starter. I think he'll be a week one starter. Okay. Because I'm not okay. a I'm not a Rojo <laughs> believer. I know there's rumors that they might be looking at Devontae Freeman, but I mean, right, right. I, I, that, I, think <laughs> I think that's a depth move. And like, you know what's crazy is Justin, he's full aware he's fully aware of how, how big I am on Keyshawn. And, and and it's the same scenario. You're gonna have Mike Evans there. You're gonna have you know OJ Howard and Gronk. And you know, and, and then you're gonna have, you know, uh, Chris Godwin. And mind you. He has God and win in his name. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's – and then you got Tom Brady passing the ball, who also loves to check down to the running back. And Keyshawn Vaughn actually has hands. And he's, and he's a bit of a bruiser. And it's, it's, it's an offense that's going to be able to sustain drives. It's going to be able to, you know, own time of possession. I mean, on the other side of the ball, they have the number one run defense. They had a trash secondary, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, famous Jameis, or as I like to call him, infamous Winston, you know, he's, 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 he's president of the Pick 6 Club. So he put them in a lot yeah. of bad, in, in bad situations. Even, even besides just throwing Pick 6s, just throwing picks in general. You know, put, you know putting his, the opposing offense down in the red zone, like, you know, on numerous occasions where, you know what I mean? It, it kind of could, the numbers could be skewed. Now, now, you, now you're going to be able to, you're gonna be able to sustain drives, play with a lead, you know, and, and 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 all, you know, that that entails having a great defense that could play their style of game, especially with Todd Bowles, who loves to send pressure. I mean, they had the leading sack, they had the the, the sack total leader last season with with Shaq Barrett. I mean, that's not, gonna, I don't think that's gonna go away, especially if you have someone like Brady at the helm. You know what I mean? 
And then, and then, what 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 goes hand in hand with with, with a good uh, with a good defense, a solid run game, and so I think Keyshawn Vaughn, especially being a mid rounder right now, and watch when camp starts and they start to see him with the team ones, you know what I mean? It's gonna push him up, but I love me some Keyshawn Vaughn. And All then, right, yeah, I, uh, to uh, kind of counter that point about him being with the ones, I that's the reason I don't have him nearly as high. I mean, I'm not totally writing him off. I think he could play a big role this year and could do well, a good mid-round value, but right now he's my RB34 because I just, I'm not sure if he'll be able to jump in with the ones right away. I'm pretty confident that guys like Clyde and DeAndre Swift will, but Vaughn, from looking at his college profile, makes me a little nervous. I'm just, I don't know if I can trust him as to be that guy, especially if they, you know, bring in another body like Devontae Freeman type thing, but but I can see why you'd be intrigued. The offense would be great. Like if if those if the, if he would end up becoming that guy, then yeah, he'll eat well. So um, so I can see why you're high on him. But at, at this time, I mean, we're still early in the all season, early June. So at, at this point in time, I can't uh, I can't get quite on board with Vaughn. <laughs> well, I, I will say I am from Northern California, the Bay Area, where the grass is greener. So I am definitely high. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> and, and I and I will say. Swift is another one of those guys. Like I said, I argued between putting Swift. It was a no-brainer. Swift was going to be in my top 24. He actually rounds out my top 24. It was. It was. I was arguing between Singletary, Swift, and Keyshawn. And you know, I, made, I already made my case for Keyshawn. I will. I will add that Keyshawn. You know, he he did play a three-down role in college, and he could pass protect. Ronald Jones can't pass protect, and we know. Right. Right. We've seen Tom Brady. He will yell at a motherfucker. You, if you, if oh, you yeah. ain't shredding that blitz, he's on your helmet. You know what I mean? He's yeah. <laughs> he's on your head top. You know what I mean? And then with uh, with Swift, I mean, it's the same scenario like we said with Clyde where, you know, Damian Williams is, de- you know, bound to get hurt. Keyshawn, Keyshawn I mean, a carry on Johnson, he's down to get hurt. And and, and, and here's, the, here's the thing, or bound to get hurt, I should say. And here's the thing, you know, Derek Bevel, I, I can remember him with in Seattle with Marshawn Lynch. I can remember him, you know, with Adrian Peterson. Like he loves a workhorse type that could do it all, and that's what Swift is. Right? Yeah, I love Swift, man. Yeah, I'm RV twenty one. A lot of people in the industry say I'm too high on him, but I don't think I am. I really don't. I I'd feel comfortable with Swift as an RV too. I really would. You know, I'm uh, I'm not concerned about carry on, and I. I'm a believer that they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna go with him as the workhorse. Yeah, we're we're definitely in agreement on Swift. I think we see basically 100 percent eye to eye on that one. <laughs> yeah, and then Singletary, he eked out of my top 24 because obviously they brought in Zach Moss. Not too afraid of him, but just the fact that they drafted another running back. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's for depth purposes. But also my man Josh Allen, the Stallion, the White Cam Newton himself. He he loves to call his own numbers, so I mean I, I feel like the touchdowns are already going to be snaked in the, in the red zone by their quarterback. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's that. Right, that is somewhat of a concern. I just feel like with the Bills, it's a good situation to be in. You know, it's a run heavy offense, and yeah, I'm not too concerned about Moss either. So I'm I'm pretty confident with Singletary than RB two. Obviously, with yeah, with them drafting Moss killed his the hype he was getting but it may have actually been a good thing because i mean he was getting too much hype in those pre-draft mock drafts those mock drafts we were doing yeah. for us fantasy nuts like back in april so i noticed <laughs> yeah. singletary was creeping into the early third round like i think we might be going a little overboard on singletary yeah. and then they, they draft zach moss and then boom his adp plummet so i think now his current adp is actually a good value 
Yeah, well, you know what? I tend to agree with you on that one. Okay, so what we'll do here next, we're going to move on to receivers, and we'll just we'll just kind of diagnose your top 12s. And then, you know, right. and I'll tell you where mine kind of differs. And then, you know, we'll just do this for uh, – we'll also do this for QBs and the tight ends. Because I, I really want to – you know, run, this is a year where it's eminent. It, that running back heavy early is what you're going to want to do because there's so much value at receiver. You know what I mean? Like, it's like – and it's like – I mean – Look, look at you. Granted, you were able to get CMC last night, right? First overall. Right. And then, like, and then be able to snag Julio because everyone was, like I said, it's eminent. People are going running back heavy early. That's, that's, that Julio actually fell to you. And then you were able to spin around and get Chris Godwin, who, by the way. Yeah, man, I couldn't believe that, man. That was a lethal trio. (laughs) I know, right? Because, come on now, it's CMC and Julio. And then, for God's sakes, he has God and winning his name. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like that's a super steal in the third round. You know right I mean? now, it's Tom Brady throwing him the ball after yeah. he's coming off a breakout season. Yeah, I mean that's that's an absolute steal in round three. And, and just historically, Chris Godwin, you know, or the slot role in general in the Bruce Arians system. I mean, we, we can go back to oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's yeah. ridiculous how much they target the slot. And Godwin's gonna get those looks, man. He's locked and loaded as a WR one, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. So you know, speaking of Godwin, I, let, let, let's get to it. Let, let's get to your top twelve because he definitely crept into what I think was the top six, if I remember, which I mm-hmm. actually yeah. appreciate. Yeah, my top six. Yeah, you want me to rattle them off? Yeah, please do. All right, man. Yeah, so number one, of course, my man Mike Thomas, the undisputed number oh, yeah. one receiver in the game. You know, it's PPR. I mean, he's the receptions. Mm-hmm. Hog, a target hog, target monster, whatever you want to call him. He's going to eat well worth a first-round pick. Then number two, the other receiver I feel really confident about taking in the first round, Devontae yeah. Adams. Yeah. Feel like, he'll bounce back in a big way this year. And then number three, DeAndre Hopkins. Number four, Tyree Kill. And then the cap it off, Julio and Godwin, five and six. So – the, here's here's the, the only difference in, 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 in what I got here is is um is I actually have my man Nuke Skywalker at second overall. I know it's crazy, but I mean Kyler Murray had 500, 540 pass attempts. You know what I'm saying? Last season in his in his rookie outing, I think he has the floor of six hundred pass attempts this season. And people are worried. They're like, well, I've never you know it's a new team. I've never seen DeAndre Hopkins. You know. Play, play with Murray, but I mean, before Deion, before uh, Deshaun Watson, I mean, we've seen Deion, uh, Nuke Skywalker, as I like to call him, we've seen, <laughs> we've seen Nuke Skywalker's numbers be exactly the same, even when he was with Watson. I mean, and who was throwing him the ball? Tom Savage, Brian Hoyer, Ugh. you know, TJ Yates. Total garbage. Like, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, with Murray there, I'm not afraid. I, I Granted, I'm still gonna draft Adams over him because I mean, that's proven. But I have him finishing as a top, as a top three. But in this case, a top two. And then Tyreek Hill, I actually have him at seven. You know what I mean? And I and I have. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it, but see, here's the thing: it's like it's uh, it's so tough to not have because he has such blow up games where his numbers his numbers can be skewed. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I worry about him on a per game basis, but I'm not. I'm not even gonna argue that he's gonna finish top five. You know what I mean? I'm not even gonna argue. I just worry about on a per game basis. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I, I feel that. I just, I feel like though he's uh, 
He seemed like last year his his consistency rate was a little bit better. He seemed like even in his off week, he'd still get catch like two or three balls for 50 yards type thing, which, well, I didn't grade. It's not going to kill you. It's not like one catch for 10 yards Yeah, and thing. being a second rounder, you're not mad at that, especially having a piece yeah. of that offense. You know oh, definitely, mean? yeah. And he's the biggest piece. piece to own from yeah. that offense. So, yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, go ahead and rattle off that second that second half. All right, yeah, the, the rest of the 12, I go with my man Kenny Galladay at 7, Mike Evans at 8, That's who I have Moore. at 5. I actually, at had, I actually had Kenny Galladay at 5 in place of uh, tight where you had Tyreek Hill. But yeah. Oh, all right, all right. Good yeah, deal. Yeah, all in on Kenny G, baby. Yeah, and then oh, yeah. at 10, Allen Robinson, Ooh, 11, Cooper Cup, and 12, Amari Cooper. I love that you got my man Cooper Cup there. Because that's, yeah, man, I don't people, know why are people are sleeping on Cup. Yeah. And I, and I and you know what? I'm not going to wake him up too much neither. Uh, you know what I mean? Keep on <laughs> sleeping on him so I can go ahead and acquire him. Like, I've been ending up, I've been ending up, you know, going like running back, running back, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup. And I'm so happy. Because Cup has been in that fourth round. He's going to creep up, especially like out here in the West Coast where like, you know, there's, there's, there's Rams fans. You know what I'm saying? Or even, right. or even just NFC West fans in general. Like, you know, you know, like, you know, some of my Niner buddies are gonna, you know, they're gonna end up pulling him up high just because, you know, we're 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 accustomed to seeing him go off. You know what I mean? I mean, right? I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with that. You know, you, you know, you see people. Yeah, he burns season. my Saints, man. That man is just that's the thing. he's so talented, so explosive. I mean, he's he's just he's too good to ignore. And a lot of people that are like, oh, they ran the 12 personnel last year. Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, which I love yeah. Tyler Higby, but I feel like the one they're hyping up too much is Robert Woods. I feel like Cup's still the guy to. And, and, and because Cup is going to be in the slot more than Robert Woods be, and like, and here's the thing too is like, the reason they went to a lot of twelve personnel was because of Brandon Cooks was hurt, and that line was so bad that they needed they needed to help out their boot. They needed, they essentially needed extra linemen, and that's what you do when you run in twelve personnel. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, and when they started doing that, they were actually able to establish a bit of a run. Because before that, when they were trying to run their three wide receiver sets, we seen, you know, they couldn't do their own. That's why we didn't see too many screen uh, screen passes from them. You know, in, in the Sean McVay era, the first couple of seasons, they were killing it with that screen pass. You know what I mean? Killing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Right, okay. back when Gurley was actually healthy. <laughs> okay, so where did you have DJ Moore? Because that's one thing. I, DJ Moore, yeah. I had him uh, number nine. I, I like yeah. DJ a lot this I, I'm year. Not He's too another far one off I feel like that. getting slept on. I actually... DJ Moore actually crept up into my top twelve. I had him at I had him at eighteen at one point. And I kept moving him down because when I really started looking at the numbers, man, and like I mean, and it's like it's one of those things. Like shout shout out to my man, uh, shout out to my man Smokey J, for, uh, the fantasy fornicator. You know, he he pointed out to me. He was like, you know, out of like you know sixteen something like that, sixteen or eighteen, you know, d, uh, you know passes over twenty yards. Only like three of them were catchable, so it was like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, his 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 production could have been way higher than it was, and he only had four touchdowns. I'm I'm looking at some positive regression as far as his touchdowns go. You know what I mean? Yeah, same man. I, I do, and I feel like the quarterback change will help him. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, all he's no, he's not like he's a stud or anything. He's He's a lot better than what they had last year. I mean, Kyle Allen's basically it's a, yeah. like a, a backup. He's backup material. No offense to him, but I mean, he is. You know, so then Bridgewater's like a borderline starter. So I feel like a borderline starter is an upgrade over a backup. And I definitely feel like he's going to target 
DJ more heavily because, I mean, he's by far the best weapon they have other than CMC. You know, as far as the receivers, I mean, I'm not worried about Curtis Samuel or Robbie Anderson. You know, Samuel's too one-dimensional as far as being yeah. a gadget and, guy, and Anderson's and so too one-dimensional yeah. as far as being a deep guy. So, I mean, they'll kind of, you know, kind of cancel each other out. But I think more, more will be just fine. And I believe he'll be a top 12 wide receiver and well worth a third, fourth round pick. A steal in the fourth, I feel like. But I'd, I'd When did go he go in third. your draft last last night? He went like down to the fifth or something like that even. It something was, nuts, man. I yeah. wasn't worried about grabbing him because I already had Julio and Godwin. But I was thinking like, man, this he, is just, yeah, what the people He was like, let me just get all the, all the NFC South receivers on. Huh? He was like, listen, <laughs> I already got them all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, cause thinking Mike Thomas, and they had Mike Thomas, Julio Godwin, DJ Moore. Yeah, what, what can it hurt? Four hey, One man. from every NFC South team. <laughs> <laughs> no, zero RB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, man. So let, let's go ahead and move on to the tight ends. All right, all right. Because tight ends, they're, they're, I mean, you know, there is some obvious things. Obviously, you know, you have uh, we have Kelsey and Kittle, and then right. then it actually immediately got interesting to me. So so go ahead and shoot off your, your your top six. Yeah, it does get interesting. I was actually talking with my man Justin from Clock Management about the Ertz versus Andrews debate, yeah. which has become a hot topic in the community. I'd have to go with Ertz though if we're playing PPR, because yeah. I feel like he's just got that safe, secure target share there in Philly. They're gonna like we talk about twelve personnel. They're gonna run a ton of that twelve personnel. And Ertz is going to be on the field all the time getting peppered with targets because they don't have any receivers that are target hogs. Jeffrey's always hurt, and the rest of the guys are rookies. Oh, yeah, Deshaun Jackson, but he's in the same boat as Jeffrey. Yeah. Old, always hurt. So it's just it's an inexperienced, old and inexperienced wide receiver core. One of them kind of suspects. So, I mean, we know Carson Wentz is going to lean on his man Zach Ertz. So I have him at three. And Andrews, four. I mean, can't deny Andrews' production from last year, and he's become a favorite of Lamar Jackson, especially in the red zone. Yeah, and, and especially then, uh, in that Greg Roman system where it's predicated on targeting the tight end. You know what I mean? For sure, for sure. Yeah. And then I got a bombshell for you at five here. A lot of people call me nuts for this one, but yeah, I, I'm well. truly a believer in Tyler Higby. Oh, Tyler Higby, that's right, that's five. right. See, okay. I believe in that, man. I feel like that breakout from last year, while he's not going to live up to that kind of – production i definitely don't feel like that he's just gonna become irrelevant again either i feel like higby's definitely gonna have a nice role in that offense and be a rock solid tight end one and he has a lot of upside i feel like he's due for some positive touchdown regression so i uh yeah i'm confident with him is in that fifth spot okay so so now so check this out i feel i feel like i want to argue this but you know smart coaches know when something works like switching to 12 personnel that worked. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you know, McVeigh knows how to adapt. Yeah, you know? and like Higby ate well, really well, and they did that. <laughs> and like I, I would, I also wanted to argue and be like, well, you know, Mark Andrews, I like him third overall, but at the same time, or and then be like, you know, well, there is Dallas Goddard there, and you know, and he does have God in his name, but he also has dirt in his name. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, he he has that going for him, but then also at the same time, I mean, you made a good point. You know, when, when, you know, a lot of those other receiving options, you know, they either they were either hurt or or they were rookies, and or they're going to be rookies with the, the new guys that they're that they're bringing in, or even you know, JJ Arthega, Whiteside being you know a sophomore, and you know, and it, and that's another team too, you know, 
that religiously runs 12 personnel. And in the end, you know, people, if they were too worried about Dallas Goddard, I would, I would rival that and say, hey, man, Zach Ertz still got more red zone targets, still got more 10 zone targets. You know what I mean? I just, right, yeah, 10 zone, that's something uh, people it's need more to start looking for your at tight more. End. It's more important for your tight end. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, as a, being a tight end, you can score a touchdown and you're in the top 12 for that week. You know what I mean? Yep, yeah, those touchdowns are really key. I helped uh, Jared Cook out a lot last year. You know, yeah. getting, those, getting all those red zone looks from Drew Brees. Okay, and, and then I know I know you, Darren Waller rounded out your top six. I, I would say that I wanted to argue Waller over Higby, but damn it, dude, it, it, it's a tough argument because they they brought in Jason Witten, and they already had uh, 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 Moreau or whatever his name was. You remember, you know what I'm talking about? Moreau. Oh, another another tight end. Yeah, there. for the Raiders. Yeah, he he kind of snaked a bunch of uh, uh, Darren Waller's touchdowns last year. Yeah, man. I actually, um, I, I, I I'm pretty sure I updated in my ring because I actually swapped Evan Ingram. Oh, that's right. That's six right. Over no, no, it was. There I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I had at right Waller now. at six, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I put him down to yeah. seven just because. Hey, I don't know, man. Waller I'm looking makes at me right a little now. nervous. You're right. I, you do uh, have Evan Ingram there, and I love that call, bro. I love that because. You know, with Jason, with, with Jason Garrett, you know, hit with him on the sideline clapping. You know what I mean? Just clapping <laughs> away. He's yeah, gonna call plays for the tight end. You know what I mean? We've seen him for years, yeah. for years with Jason Witten. Even we've seen Blake Jarwin flash. Now he's over there in New York with the Giants. And like, I mean, I'm, this is no knock to you know Golden Tate. This is no knock to Darius Slayton, but I believe the best receiving option there. Is Evan Ingram? Is my man Double E? He just needs to be healthy, and this is a system that's going to utilize him. And he's not a great blocker, so he'll be out there running routes. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I, I like Slayton a lot too, but yeah, definitely, there's definitely going to be enough to go around for Ingram to eat well there. If all goes well, he could easily crack the top five. I uh, yeah, yeah just, I love that, man. You know, if it wasn't for that, I'd probably have him at five. If it wasn't for the injury concerns, but yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm pretty confident that if healthy, he'll He'll be a good value pick. A lot of people are kind of off his I hype mean, train. He's, he's he actually a pretty good. Really? Yeah, he's actually at a good draft value right now. I think I got him in the mock last night at, in round eight or yeah, nine. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you definitely got him in, in the late mids. Okay, so, yeah, and, no. and if you remember, Playmakers, check us out, Playmakers, and, and uh, for the Guru Nation that happens to be checking us out. If y'all remember, my man Double E, my man Evan Ingram, he, he fucked around and finished when when not finished he was number one when he got hurt he was the number one tight end it was him and austin hooper this was like going in the week five or week six if my memory serves me correct so he mm-hmm. was eating you know what i mean yeah man yeah he's uh he's got that ceiling for sure so he's yeah i, I think i'd rather take him over you know over to the safe option you know like waller hunter henry austin hooper those guys aren't bad but i just there's not as much upside there. I'd rather yeah. swing for the fences with Higby or Ingram. I feel like both of those guys have a lot of upside and are and are the better 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 picks, especially at the tight end position, to where it's like you, you might as well go big or go home. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. You heard that, playmakers. You go big or go home. And when you're at home, stay your ass home, because there's motherfuckers. <laughs> there's motherfuckers like me and the guru out here, like some goddamn sharks. And don't you know what I'm saying? Stay home where it's safe. Okay, go ahead and rattle off that second six. All right, man. Yeah, <laughs> Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, Jared Cook, Mike Gesicki, and Noah Fant. Okay. 
give me one second because I need I need to catch my breath because <laughs> I love I love how bold you are and, and, and my this might not be as bold this might actually be what's going on in the industry because I am a madman so I tend to think that I'm just like on this other level but like I love that you have Gasicki up there because I have Gasicki up in the top twelve as well I love that you have him up there I will say this though Jared Cook. With the addition of Manny Sanders going there, a lot of that shorter A dot is gonna affect. It's gonna negatively affect some of Alvin Kamara's receptions. It's gonna negatively affect. I mean, not receptions, targets. It's gonna negatively affect you know some of Jared Cook's targets. But I'm I'm only saying this too because there's people like Hayden Hurst Helmsley that exist. Where like I have Hayden Hurst in my top twelve. So like, and Jared Cook is right outside of it. Also, another name that I would argue to get in the top 12 is Jonu Smith as well. You know what I mean? But Hayden Hurst, bro. I mean, let's look at Dirk Cutter for a second. Do you remember with me, Goo? Remember, um, remember when OJ Howard was a thing? And then last year, everyone got mad at him? Right, yeah. He just fell off the face yeah, of Earth but thanks it's because, to Bruce Arians. Yeah, because the <laughs> Bruce Arians system... They're predicated on blocking tight ends. That's probably why they brought in Gronk, because at the end of the day, Gronk's a phenomenal blocker. You know what I mean? And then you know, you know what you know what happens when you're a good blocker? You could peel off into the flat when you're in those red zone packages or those 10 zone packages, and then you're just wide open to catch an easy touchdown. You know what I mean? But yes. but OJ Howard, we had seen when there was no more dirt cutter, they weren't drawing up plays for him he wasn't really involved in the game plan even though oj howard was a great blocker that's why people were looking at his snap count they're like well he's on the field but they're not targeting him and when they did he wasn't in no rhythm so he was he was dropping balls etc plus you had Jameis winston who was inaccurate but see i bring all this up to say that is the moment dirt cutter left and went to atlanta he went to atl you know went to the a where the players play and he was he was back he was back where it all started for him, you know what I mean, as an OC. And, and if you even you could even remember back when he was in Atlanta under Mike Smith, right? He had Tony Gonzalez. Granted, Tony Gonzalez is a Hall of Famer. Still, though, Tony Gonzalez shined in that system because the dirt cutter system is predicated on targeting or giving the, the, the tight end position 15% of the target market share. So now with this said, why do you think Austin Hooper blew up last year? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely think Hurst will do pretty well. He's actually just outside of my top yeah, twelve. Yeah, I, I see that. He's at thirteen, even right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. it's just so. Yeah, I just the thing is, I think he'll get some of those targets, but will he get all of them? Like, I just he's kind of unproven as a receiver because he's played that blocking role with Baltimore yeah. the past couple of years. I just I think he'll do well. I think he'll do a lot better than he's done. I think he'll evolve more into a pass catcher, but. I don't know. To me, he'd be more of a dynasty guy. Like, I'm, like for redraft, he makes me a little nervous just because he hadn't really he hadn't really done it yet as far as well, showing that he can catch he has, balls. Well, well I, I go back to his pedigree, being a first round draft capital. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, carrying yeah. first round draft capital, and Ozzie Newsom knows how to find and pinpoint his tight ends. You know what I'm saying? Granted, Mark Andrews outplayed him, but. There were so many big plays, like so many big house calls. Like maybe, maybe I'm blinded because he flashed so many times with his little, with his little, uh, his little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? His little snap count. 
being in Baltimore. Yeah, small sample size. Yeah, thing, but yeah. he flashed, bro. And, and maybe that could have a lot to do with that. That offenses weren't, I mean, defenses weren't looking at him. So he would just find himself running up the seam wide open and catch a 57-yard house call. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I, I, you know what? This, this is why, this is why, you know, we're sounding off your, your list over here. Because, you know what I'm saying? If this is meant for me selfishly. This, yes, this is for the playmakers. But selfishly, this is also to help me. You know what I'm saying? As, as an analyst. <laughs> trying to steal all my secrets. I see. <laughs> nah, 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 not stealing. Sharing. And no, but here's the thing, too. is like I wouldn't doubt, like, once we see camp, you know, some of your ideologies could change. You know what I mean? I mean, we, we yeah, as yeah, analysts. Sure. You always got to keep an open mind as an yeah. analyst. And it's always good to get multiple perspectives. Like, exactly. I'm glad to be chopping it up with you, you know, because you have some, some pretty bold takes. And I'm definitely willing to listen because you always got to look at different things and don't just get pigeonholed into one certain mindset for, for sure especially because people like us you know what i'm saying we've been we've been rocking with these joints you know since since the super bowl ended you know what i mean we've already been working towards this year and it's like if we made up our mind back then you know we're, we're far gone you know what i mean yeah, like we, yeah, we, have to res- <laughs> we have to reserve the right to to change our mind and our opinion and like and i will say this much i am a thief but i'm not a common thief because you, you, you know what I you know what I steal I st- I steal I steal I steal this is what if I was to steal anything what I'm stealing is good company you know what I mean and I, and I because I like to believe I'm a reflection of who I surround myself with so you know what I'm saying so that's and that's why I bring on analysts like yourself people that I respect in the industry you know what I mean like I, I you know what I'm saying and and I and to preference this I don't like using that word steal either or borrow you know what I mean I I, I feel like as analysts you know what I mean? We, we, we're all opinionative and we all, our perspectives, they're all different. And, and I feel like they're, you know, they, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a place where we could all give our, our perspective. And, you know what I mean? If, if the people, right, that are, right. the people that are closed minded, those, those are the ones that lose. You know what yeah. I mean? We use these different perspectives to grow and as well as evolve, you know, as yeah. analysts. And I feel like those are the most successful ones in the game are the ones that are able to, you know, that are smart with it and able to adapt and change. Kind of like the the ballers, man, the, the footballers. Like, shout, shout out to yeah, them. They, friends they're of one of the, the best show. pods out there, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're the I gods. love their show. They, they know what they're talking about. And they, they they know their stuff in there, but they're open-minded. Like, they're willing to, to change their mind if needed type thing. And, and they always have solid facts. So, like, yeah. Just, and, uh, I, and I love the fact that they're, they're a trio so you you know you always have a tiebreaker. Even you have a guy that like if two guys agree, there you know what I mean, or two guys disagree. I should say there's somebody that can you know bring them around the fold and they can come with a consensus between the three of them. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. And and you know just being accurate is something they've proven to be. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I I, I love you know what I I love the fact that I've worked with Smitty on on a on a couple occasions. And that, and that he is actually has a direct connection to them, so that like our six degree. And I know you work with Schmitty close, close. Uh, nip. Oh yeah, the fantasy football show, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, and so I love yes, that. You know, that yeah, that's our awesome, six man. degree of separation to the ballers. You know what I mean? Good deal, good deal. Yeah, yeah. Schmitty's been huge as far as like on the. He always likes to go live with me and stuff, and does the live box. He's a grinder, man. Big shout out to Schmitty. Yeah, big up to Schmitty, man. He's also, bro, like, as much as I call myself a madman, he is bold. 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Smitty's got some fire takes, man. <laughs> some fire takes. I'm not I'm like, man, Smitty, but... He's, but he's he definitely going to drive the AD... He's, he's, he's definitely a driving force of driving up, like, a lot of ADPs, for sure. Yeah, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, I mean... Hollywood like, Brown. He, yeah, I guess, Hollywood, yeah. I guess, I think he's just on this sophomore crop right now. Like, really tough. Yeah, yeah, I'm with him on AJ, uh, DK, and Hollywood. I'm a little, yeah. kind of not quite going all in with those two. I'm more a Debo Samuel guy. <laughs> I like that. You know, I am a Niner fan. I don't know if I, I don't know if you're aware of that. But yes, I love Sweet. that. Sweet, yeah, yeah. I love, I love what y'all got going on with Debo. I loved how he was running those jet sweeps at the oh, end yeah. of last year. Yeah, and if we could have just continued doing that in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh man, I uh, I hate to say it, but I'll just I'll just be real with you, man. I I was pulling against y'all, man. I put fifty on the Chiefs and hey, all when they well, made their comeback. I'm glad you were able to win money, man. Okay, you know what? I've told this story several times on the, my podcast, but before we get to this last segment, I want to share this story with you. So ask me why the 49ers saved, or ask me how the 49ers saved the world or during that time. All right, how they saved the world. <laughs> okay, so the first the first documented corona cases were March 18th in Kansas City, right? I'm from the Bay Area, California. You know what I'm saying? Where our first corona cases were were like late December and all throughout January, right? So now, uh-huh. like I said, March 18th, first documented cases in Kansas City. This is well a month after the parade. Kansas City has a a good fan base, not a storybook fran, not a storybook franchise like the Niners are, right? But mind you, with Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl, there's kids all over the nation and all over the world that are gonna grow up Chiefs fans because of him. Kind of like how Michael Jordan made a bunch of Bulls fans everywhere all over the world, Kobe Bryant, etc. For the Lakers, you know what right. I mean? So, yeah. Yes, but my Niners because of Joe Montana and Steve Young, you Jerry Rice, etc. We do have a storybook franchise. If we would have won the Super Bowl, people would have came from states away, from everywhere, bro. They would have came from everywhere. And that, that parade would have had millions and millions of people in the streets. You know what I'm saying? And bro, Yeah, man. And speaking of that, yeah, Mardi Gras out in NOLA, that, uh, that ended up being a big hotbed for COVID. See? <laughs> exactly. So imagine that. And people would have went home just like in Mardi Gras. When they went home from wherever, if they weren't from New Orleans or Louisiana, wherever they came from, they went home and they brought a fucked up parting gift home. And I'm saying, if the Niners would have won the Super Bowl, it could have spiked up the pandemic worse than it than it was initially. Like, it might have been something we couldn't grasp and get a hold of because we're, we're steady getting a hold of it now. You know what I mean? But like, so so I say this to say, when he man, when Manny Sanders, your, your fellow saint, you know, when he was with my Niners and he was wide open, and my man, Handsome Jimmy, or as I like to call him, the Handsome Hero, when he seen Manny Sanders wide open, he said, it's time to save the world. And he overthrew him. And, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that and that's how, that's how I go to sleep at night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, they look at it positively. Yeah, no, yeah. No. We just and saved then, yeah, the world. I'm, I'm, man, I'm, as a Saints fan, man, shoot, recently, they've had our share of heartbreak. Oh, my gosh. It is just <laughs> one after another. Don't even get me started. <laughs> okay, so in this last segment, I'm just going to go ahead and rapid fire some random shit. I didn't even write these down. I just figured because I'm pretty good at freestyling. These are all going to be one-word one answer questions, 
And I, you know, they'll either be yes or no, or there'll be multiple choice. Okay. So now, okay. so yeah, first, <laughs> and they'll, they'll be they'll be New Orleans Saints rel relatable. You know what I mean? Okay. Hold on. Let me just. Ah, I just wanted to take a swig real quick. Okay. <laughs> so now, best receiver in the game, Michael Thomas, aka Frankenstein. Because have you seen his head? It's the tallest head in the game. You're right? Right. Can you agree? I didn't think it happened. Yeah, that's, yeah, and that's why I call him Frankenstein. Yeah, like, that's why I call him Frankenstein. Okay, so best receiver in the game. This is kind of a trick question, but this is how we'll start it off. Frankenstein, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Nuke Skywalker. Gotta go with my man Frankenstein. Yeah! I like that. Hold on. Where's my Jamaican horns at? Oh, yeah. There they are. Yeah. Okay. Yes, now, sir. <laughs> I, you know what's funny is I was already preferencing in my head the next question was going to be, do you believe that Frankenstein's a great nickname? But you already agreed that he does have the tallest head in the game, right? Okay. <laughs> is, is that a New Orleans thing? Because Peyton Manning's from Louisiana too, right? Like, is he, and he has one of the biggest heads in the game. You know what I mean? But anyways, look, you know what? Scratch that. Okay. <laughs> Donut or beignet? Whew, I, I'd say... I've never had a beignet. beignet. I go with beignet on that. I mean, I love, the, I love them both. But I'm going with beignet, man. Local flavor. Yeah, local flavor. Okay. I'm all there from Cafe Dumont in NOLA. I'm going beignet. <laughs> have you ever been to Las Vegas? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Have you ever been to Disney World? No, no, not there either. <laughs> okay, because I'm trying to think of because I was going to say Mardi Gras or Las Vegas. So I was going to say, but you know what? Mardi Gras is the best. So maybe we'll go to the next one. Okay, so now, now, what would you rather have? Your Saints win the Super Bowl or, you know, I, I know you're an analyst and I know you play in money leagues. Your Saints win a Super Bowl or you win 100% of your leagues this year? Oh, man, it stopped me there. Holy crap, 100%? 100%. Everyone? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, i tell you what. Everyone, I'm in a lot of leagues, but I can win every single league. Listen, but in this oh, case. I mean, all my, my same people are going to hate me for this, but I'm going to have to say 100% of my league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are a fantasy analyst because you know what that would do for you? That would be something that that would be another badge of honor. Like, listen, I want 100% of my leagues. Guru Nation, you tuned in to the right guy. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. Oh, we win both industry experts league. I'm in two actually, the throne and the IG experts league. Just those two alone would make my day. But then all the other ones on top yeah. of it, I couldn't even. I mean, okay. even describe how happy I'd be. <laughs> okay, here, this gets me to my next question. This one's, this one's a Bogart ignorant one right here. With with all with all the, the 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 fuckery that happens to the Saints, is it a conspiracy against them within the league, or is someone out there in New Orleans perhaps maybe have legit voodoo cursed them? Ah <laughs> oh, man, it's uh. No, I say I probably have to. I mean, the league. I don't think the league likes the Saints per se. 
I don't, but I don't think I don't believe that the games are rigged. So it's just I feel like it's just this this shit for luck, man. I don't know if it's so, a so curse maybe somebody what, with the voodoo hoodoo curse. Probably the voodoo, man. I don't know, man. They be uh, they be doing some crazy shit out there. <laughs> they better they better get that good as uh, the greed greed zone. They gotta get that good greed greed going for them this year. Cause I'm, uh, <laughs> they got I'm some. They got, they got Drew Brees up. Uh, with all this hype going in, and end up having to sit our ass at home come Super Bowl Sunday. So we're uh, we're gonna take it this year. I'm confident. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Who who in PPR finishes higher, Emmanuel Sanders or Anthony Miller? I'm gonna go with Sanders there. I'm. I mean, Miller's all right, but that offense stinks, man. I gotta go with Sanders. <laughs> I, well, you know, the reason I bring this up is because John Filippo is the OC now. And, like, they, I mean, we, re, we, we remember the big breakout games for, you know, or the big showouts from Westbrook last season. Or even going all the way back to uh, when, when uh, John Filippo was over there with the Eagles and they, they traded for Golden Tate and he was just eating because, you know, Nick Foles tends to love his slot receivers. Same way he loved his slot receiver. Because I'm putting Nick Foles as a starter over there, to be honest. That's why, that's why I even compared the two names. Or even having, uh-huh. even having Emmanuel Sanders having so many other options around him. You know what I mean? That's why I, I felt like it was kind of a valid you know, comparison. Okay, how about this? Manny Sanders or Adam Thielen? Because Adam Thielen's going pretty high. But I feel like you know he, he's been injury prone. And like, I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like he, he's, he's steady becoming someone I'm avoiding. Yeah, man, I'm with you on that 100%. I'm staying far away from Thielen, but as much as I, like, I'm avoiding him, I would still have to take him any day over Sanders just because he's still that number one option there in Minnesota. I don't trust him, but as long as he's healthy, he's going to get enough looks to still be like at least a low-end WR2, so definitely yeah. Thielen. Okay, behind Michael Thomas, who's the le- who leads in receptions behind Michael Thomas for the Saints this year? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna still go with AK Alvin Kamara. Love it, yeah, because he is probably the best receiver behind Michael Thomas, even with Emmanuel Sanders being there. Yeah, I think Sanders will catch like seventy for example. I still think Kamara will catch eighty to ninety. And low key, you guys, you guys is a uh, run pass ratio is is fairly even. So yeah, we're balanced. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people don't realize that because they just think of Drew Brees and, and you know all those five thousand yard outings over the years. You know they don't they forget that like ever since Kamara came into the picture, even when you guys had Mark Ingram there along with him, they're running this thing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I miss Mark, man. And uh, but at least with Lat Murray, we still have a pretty good one-two punch. And the defense is a lot better. Back when Brees yeah. was throwing for all those yards, oh, yeah. because they're always having to catch up, play catch up a lot of the time, but. Now our defense is solid. It's, it's pretty much an even split between the run and the pass. Okay, I know you're fairly young, so this question might be lopsided, but cash money records or no limit records? They both they <laughs> both originate, you know, Master P or Lil Wayne, essentially. True, man. That's uh. I listen. I'll probably have to go with. I, I mean, I haven't really listened to Master Female. I've heard a few Lil Wayne stuff. He did actually did a collab recently with Lil Baby, yep. which that was a good song. I'll, I'll go with the Lil Wayne side. Yeah, <laughs> and he's yeah. from Louisiana. He's a Louisiana boy. Oh yeah. Boy, so. I mean, they call him Lil Louisiana. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So now let me ask you. Just this is a side note, real quick. What what kind of music do you like? Uh, I like a variety, man. I like uh, I like classic rock, hard rock, 
rap, but more newer rap, but also yeah. some classic, and then a little bit of country mixed in, some from down south, you know, so yeah. a little bit of everything, I guess, but definitely have my preferences. I'm, uh, I don't just listen to anything. I listen, I have a lot of favorite artists that I enjoy. <laughs> I'm trying it for the life of me this whole time. Remember this comedian that comes from South Louisiana. He is super funny. Um, I think he has Vaughn in his name. Ah, uh, what is his name? Damn it. Ah, uh, he has a mullet. Are you aware? Okay, you know what? Scratch that question. Because I was going to say, are you aware of him? Okay. I got a few more I'll rattle before we close this thing up. Okay, oh, yeah. this, this one's not really... This was not really a one-word answer. What's the craziest shit you've seen at Mardi Gras? I mean, I know there's titties flying everywhere, but what's the craziest shit you've seen? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I've definitely seen some weird shit out there. I mean, I usually go to Lafayette Mardi Gras where I'm from, and it's usually not quite as, as, as crazy. As, but as I went street? to one last year in the... He had a Homa parade, and uh, <laughs> and a lot of dudes like uh, like lift their shirts and like throw it to like you know just like clown. I think it was like the <laughs> the women's parade too. Like a lot of the dudes were acting nuts at that one. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, okay, definitely. Yeah, that it's always weird. a wild time in Mardi Gras, man. It's uh, <laughs> and with the with the drinking going, it's whew, it's <laughs> it's up there, man. I'm kind of glad I actually missed out on it this year. I'm glad I did because all the COVID stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but assuming everything is back to normal, I'll be back out there next year. <laughs> okay. Um, fa- favorite drink at Mardi Gras, now that you are of age? Favorite drink? All right. Yeah, Mardi I'd probably have to see. Yeah, I'd go to a good old Sprite and vodka. <laughs> nice. I love it. I'm a vodka man, too. Love it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Under, under over, out of 10 people, if there was 10 people, under over, we're putting it at five. How many of those 10 people know what Mardi Gras actually is about? Oh, uh, like over. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say I think the over, most people know what it's about, yeah. you know. I mean, whenever I think of Mardi Gras, I just think, uh, you know, people drinking and having a good time. I'd say it's a pretty, they, they do, a they pretty do know national it's like, holiday. Like, a lot of people know what it is. So I'd go yeah, it's like, it's like to get, it's like to go crazy before, uh. It's like to go crazy before, um, you know, what is it, before Lent. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. It's like a big, uh, yeah, like it's like, it's almost like, here's a term, like, it's like the tailgate that never ends. Like, yeah, I like, it's like that. It's like an all-day tailgate, basically. Okay, we're, we're going to, this is my very last one. I know you got your Saints going all the way. Who are they playing? Who's your bold prediction in, in the chip? Kansas City Chiefs, we're gonna knock off Patrick Mahomes, baby. <laughs> he's gonna think he's gonna get two in a row, not so fast, but we getting it, man. I, I was just envisioning it in my head. He's gonna throw a, a ending pick, picked off by Marshawn Lattimore. He's gonna take it back, and we're gonna take home Lombardi number two. Bring it to Nola. <laughs> yeah, bringing okay. it home to the promise land. Actually, it's gonna I, be a, a, that'll be a party. Holy crap! I have to be there if that happens. <laughs> I, I actually got two more. Right, this one's, one's one's fast and one's something I want you to elaborate on. So, okay. So, does it bother you when people say New Orleans and not New Orleans? A little bit, yeah. I don't really get it's kind of why annoying, people though, right? say put the eens on. It's like it's not how you say it. Like it's just kind of even people from from here, some of them butcher it. I'm like, what what are y'all doing? It's like 
it's almost like they trying to be fancy with it. Same thing with Lafayette. I hear some people they say Lafayette. It's like there's no need to, to do that. It's just it's what it is. <laughs> New Orleans and Lafayette. Like don't overthink it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I do. Like I said, I do tune into your content on your page, and I know you. You, you know you don't. You you stray away from the politics of everything, but I feel like you know as content creators. You know what I mean? I, I feel it's, it would be irresponsible, you know, if, if we don't at least elaborate just a tad bit. So, I mean, do you think do you think that locker room is truly forgiven, Drew Brees? Yes, I would say so. Uh, Drew has really handled it well recently. He had that that dark day last week where he, he misspoke and or misstepped and just like really alienated a lot of the guys in the locker room, but. I genuinely believe his apology. I watched it. I read it, and I, I feel like he's genuinely sincere, especially when he when he basically called out Trump. I mean, essentially, like he's like, I'm not changing my stance. You know, I'm genuinely sorry. So I, I feel like, I feel like he'll be just fine. You know, he's he's done a lot for the community over the years. Been been the leader of that locker room all these years, and those years of hard work and just will pay off. And then, then the fact that he. I just feel like he really he redeemed himself, you know, because, I mean, all those years of hard work may have gone out the window, but that fact, then, with the fact that he's handled the apology so well and gone above and beyond and apologized multiple times and and even had the um, the courage to to not back down despite what the president said. So I'm, I'm I, I will say this, though. will still be the leader. I, I will say that, I mean, obviously Kaepernick's protests had nothing to do with you know, disrespecting the flag or the military. As a matter of fact, his silent protest, his advice actually came from a retired veteran. You know, uh-huh. that suggested that that's how he should go about it. So, and I will say this: as much as Drew Brees is in this locker room with with brothers, I oh, I initially it boggled my mind. I was like, how in the fuck is he in this locker room with brothers and other minorities? And he doesn't realize that Kaepernick's protests had nothing to do with disrespecting the flag or the military or anything like that right but then it uh, but then when i got time to it got time to sink in and i'm not defending his comments by any means you know as a man love him as a football player but i don't know these guys personally you know what i mean so really it's like you know it, it's really it, it's no it, i don't lose any sleep in a, in a sense but I, I feel like you should be more responsible if you know if you have a platform like the, some of these players do but i will say this I wouldn't doubt that Drew Brees is so serious about football that he wouldn't even, like when he talks to players in the locker room or even off the field or in the off season. I bet you 100% of the conversation is about football, and and so he he would be oblivious to what's going on with these other issues. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, he, he definitely wasn't trying to ruffle any feathers or create weight he was just that's why he, he was just he ignorant. felt so bad because he first realized he just was he was oblivious and that he should yeah. have been more aware of what was going on around him yeah well man i appreciate you for touching on that man because i know your stance on it like that you didn't really want to you know what i mean you, you want to keep it fantasy keep it all business and you know what i mean but, but 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 thank you for that you know what i mean because i mean you know i you know you being a saints fan i, I you know i was just curious to see if that actually was something you were worried about like with the you know with, with his players, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I was worried, man. That, that night it happens, like, oh my god, this is turning into a disaster. But the, the way he handled it the day after, he uh, he was like a fourth quarter comeback. I mean, he really he really picked up the pieces there because it looked like he 
just I don't know what what he was thinking during that interview, but he uh, he definitely recovered in my book, and hopefully the locker room will accept his apology, and things will be all good in in Houdat Nation. Okay, this is the last one. One word answer. Backup quarterback. Who you have Jameis Winston right now? Who would you have rather? Who would you rather have Winston Bridgewater? Ooh, I would. Now that you have Winston, this is why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. For just for this season or for the future? No, no. Like I said, for for this season, like say, oh, like this is a backup. Okay, yeah, just as a backup. Okay. Like if, you know, God, God, God forbid, you know, any yeah, of our, I, any honestly, of our starting this quarterbacks. This might sound wild. I honestly, I'm kind of in a way glad that it's Winston. I'll, I'll go with Winston because yeah. I feel like if we end up in a tough, like if Breeze would go down and. We'd end up kind of like in a shootout type game. Winston would be able to allow us to keep up. Where with Bridgewater, it's like unless the defense was playing lights out, I don't know if I trust Bridgewater to keep up in a track meet. And I feel like under Sean Payton's tutelage, Winston yeah. should get better with his decision making. So in a way, I'm kind of glad that Bridgewater left. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with famous James, baby. Yeah, or as I like to call <laughs> infamous Winston. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, <laughs> Guru, thank you. For- it was, man, I had a great time. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> Wonderful insight. You know what I mean? Um, definitely keep me in mind next Monday. I'll, jo- I'll definitely join uh, I'll join in on the mock. I'll, I'll send you a DM. You know what I mean? And, uh, oh, really? Yeah, I'd love to have you in it. Yeah, man. So you can see my madness. You can see me pulling up pulling up all kind of questionable guys early. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go for yeah. it, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah, especially here early in the offseason. Definitely oh, yeah. try some different strategies out. Oh, yeah. And and you know what our peers, man. You know what I mean? Because I know, um, I know you like to do a mashup of like analysts and, and you know and just and some of your fans. And I I, th- I think it's great, man. I, I love everything you're doing. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like if there was a draft for fantasy analysts, you're definitely a value pick that could finish in the top three. You know what I mean? I'll say that much. You know what I mean? Cool deal. Yeah, so stay tuned for the throne league, man. The ex, the, uh, the where the followers help us draft our teams type thing and. And I already saw some of the guys were picking me to do well on Fantasy on Tap. Shout out to those guys. They were yeah. like, I'm going to have to go with the Guru Nation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, your guys' fans, I mean, your fans are incredible, man. You know what I mean? And, and rightfully so. I mean, you've, you, you're from the ground up. You, you didn't buy no followers. Because, you know, right. people that are buying followers, those followers, they don't even really exist. They're just numbers that make it look like you have a following. And I've seen your interactions, bro, like, it, it, man, it's phenomenal, man. Like you, you know, uh, you have you, you have a very very high ceiling and a solid floor. You know, what I mean, I, I appreciate your existence in the industry. You're young, and and you know, I, and like, there's only the arrow's only pointing up, man. Thank you again. That's all I like to hear. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you again for coming on, bro. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, I feel like this won't be the first time. I feel like I'm gonna bring you on again eventually one day. You know what I mean? Cool, man. Yeah, I'd love to come back, and I'll have to have you on my show when I get it launched. Nation podcast. Oh yeah, man! It'll yeah. be it's gonna coming back, y'all. It's coming back, so stay tuned for that. It'll be back here this summer, trying to get my audio technicals lined up. Once I get all that figured out and get my little studio shaped up, the podcast will be back and ready to roll. Woo! Yeah, for sure, man. Well, shit, man. You take it easy. You be safe. You know what I mean? And um, I mean, if the Saints lose, the su- don't go to the Super Bowl, and you win a hundred percent of them leagues, man. Just remember, we said it here first. Right here on the Real Fantasy Playmakers. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> That's got to have been the toughest question all, all evening. 
That was, man. That one got me. I had to, uh, <laughs> my, my loyal Saints fans are going to hate me for that, but hey, sometimes you just got to keep it real. <laughs> hey, man, but you know what? Though, the truth you... hurts sometimes. I would, I would have to go with all my <laughs> <laughs> For sure, brother, man. Will you take care? All right, man. Oh, yeah, real quick. One, one more time. Let them know where to find you. That's important. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, find me at Spencer the Guru on all platforms Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. It's simple now, y'all. No more multiple usernames or underscores, any of that. It's just simple. At Spencer the Guru. Y'all go follow. Yeah. At Spencer the Guru. You heard, you heard the man, Playmakers. And shout out to the Guru Nation. And you know it's funny when I, when I said one more thing, where you're like, "Damn, he's gonna ask one more question." <laughs> I was like, no, "Wait a minute, let him know where to find you." <laughs> For sure, <laughs> Guru. <laughs> man, you have a good one, brother. You too, man. That was a fun time.